Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth. And this corner booth is truly luxurious. I don't know, you know, this is a radio show, obviously. It's you, man. Because if you're listening on the radio, you would know that it was a radio show. Obviously. But Hello. You, you, unless you have one of those new visual radios, you can't really see this luxurious corner booth, can you, Tom? I hope there's not a visual radio with us out there. <laughs> yeah. No, Tom looks good. Guys, go yeah. to the website. Wow. www.thecatholiccafe.com. <laughs> there... Dot Tom. <laughs> dot there you Tom. go. There, there is a picture of Tom on there. Yeah, yeah. So you're a handsome man. So you know you're a you're Large. obviously a credit to Large. the luxurious Catholic the cafes. No, the booth of the. You know what I'm talking about. I'm with you, man. You I'm know, right, right here. I know and exactly what you're saying. Where <laughs> the you're luxurious heading. corner booth of the Catholic cafe. I, yes. I had to read it on a piece of paper to understand what I was saying. Just right. kidding. But, <laughs> but let's start our program because let's go. This is a timely program. You know. We are um, firmly ensconced yes, in the we Advent are. season. Yes. And in Advent, Adventus in Latin, right? Yes. Means coming. We're preparing for the coming of the Christ child. Exactly. But then also our church sees a bigger picture of this coming. And we're not only at this time to comp- contemplate the coming of the Christ child. In other words, you know, the Advent of the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. We're not only preparing for Christmas. We're also preparing for that second coming, right? The parousia, the the final coming when when Jesus comes back to basically, you know, the, at the end of time, right? To judge us all, right? Right. So we we look forward to that as well. So the church sees this smaller vision, but then also this this larger vision of what Advent is all about. But I I do want to point out, and I think everyone recognizes. That whether you're a very religious person or you're a secular person, a non-religious person, this season is filled with certain events in your life. It is. In the part of preparation for this Christmas season, you know, I'm a father of nine. Yes. And my wife and I work very hard, you know, making sure that every dream comes true for all my children. And so... You know, as we're preparing our household, you know, we are doing things like putting up a tree. We're singing carols. But at the same time, there's a lot of other stuff going on at this time of year. We see lots of ads on TV. Um, It's relentless. That's exactly right. And what are they doing? They're selling stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So shopping, you know, buying. Yeah, is, is, is a major part, again, whether you're secular or religious. Now, a lot of people want to say, especially the religious folks, mm-hmm. right? we got some good Catholic people out there who are thinking, well, you know, the world has gotten too commercial. The Christmas has gotten too commercial. It's all about gift giving. So I want to really basically just shun the whole gift giving thing. I actually know somebody. He's an older gentleman who said, you know, my wife and I don't exchange gifts because we don't, we don't want to fall into that trap of commercialism. And I'm thinking, if my wife is listening to this, I do want a gift, by the way. <laughs> Best not idea. socks again. <laughs> I do want a gift. <laughs> But, you know, I actually thought, well, maybe that actually is not necessarily the best attitude about this. Because it's kind of like, as Catholics, you know, when we go to either extreme, we can get into trouble, right? If the season became totally about gift-giving, that's problematic. Yep. That's not what the season's about. Right. But 
if the season is not about gift giving and it's totally erased from it, you're also missing a major, major point, right? And what point is that, Tom? The point of Christmas is, yeah, God's gift to us, That's his, right. his only son. That's right. So if you're not gift-giving, if you're not gift-giving, you are not participating in that greatest gift. Right. Right? So our gift-giving needs to reflect upon that greatest gift. But you know what we really ought to do is we ought to look at what it means, what a gift is. Let's, let's, Good idea. Let's take that word and let's break it down. Do it. Right? And, and I think that when we do that, then we're going to start to see, you know, what the, tr- the greatest gift is and, and what gift, gifting is, gift giving is all about. Um, so let's look at a, a gift. Right, what makes a gift a gift, right? What, what, you know, defines a gift? The first thing is, is it has value to the recipient. Okay. Right? So a gift is not a gift unless it has value to the recipient. Now, um, if you, uh, if someone gets something they don't want mm-hmm. or that's not good for them, there's no value to the recipient. You know, a lot of times if we re-gift that uh, fruitcake or whatever that Aunt Irma sent us, uh, you know, I'm, I'm also a believer that there's only seven fruitcakes in the world. And they just keep getting <laughs> passed around. You know, you get it, and it's your turn to pass it on to the next person. You're one of those conspiracy theorists <laughs> exactly. when it comes to fruitcake. Exactly. I am a fruitcake when it comes to the fruitcake. Yeah, yeah, I know. So it has to have value How, to the recipient. I, I, I'm going to be the devil's advocate here. How in the world do you know something has value to somebody else? Well, one of the ways you would you would know that it has value is if you value it. Yeah. In other words, if you yeah. see something, uh, an old uh, an old adage is if, if you want to buy a gift for someone, you don't know what they want, buy something you'd like. Yeah. Right. If you would like it, then you, you see the value in it and you pass it on and hopefully that other person will see the value in it. Now, um, it doesn't mean that you just go if you, you, know, you buy your wife an, a new set of tools. Right. Right. <laughs> I understand that. But the point is, when you value something, you, you realize it has value. Right. And when that other person receiving it probably, you know, okay. uh, assumes that value and, and realizes the value of that. But then also as a gift giver. You know something has value even if they don't recognize the value in it. Yeah. Right? Um, So then the second element of what makes a gift a gift is that it has cost to the giver. Okay. Right? So you're not giving out of your surplus. Right? If you've got um, 150 pairs of shoes and you say, well, I'll give that guy a pair of shoes. That's not really... A gift. Not costing you. It doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. Right? In other words, you don't value it. You don't see the value of that gift. You're really not giving of yourself. No, it's extra. Right. It's like, eh, right. I don't need that. Right. So it's it's almost like your cast-offs, your waste, your yeah. the things that I don't need. Yeah. So now I'm not saying that if you have extra coats or whatever, you don't give them to the homeless. I'm not saying that or that we give out of surplus. There is a value in giving out of your surplus. I mean, that's what your surplus is there for is to sure. give away. Sure. But it's when you give of yourself, when you give the things that cost you, those are the gifts that have the most value. Right. Right. The most meaningful gifts because they come from you. Right. Right. And so then there's also that idea that the gift is freely given. That's the third element. So this gift is, has value to the recipient. It costs the giver. Right. And it's freely given. So yeah, there's no arm twisting. That's right. There's, it's not a gift if someone holds a gun to your head. In other right. words, if someone carjacks you. You didn't give that car. No, that wasn't a gift. It was not a gift. Right? <laughs> it was forced from you. Right. right. That's not a gift. So has value to the recipient, has cost to the giver. It's free to given. Mm-hmm. Right? But then also 
this gift is really, it's undeserved or unearned. So if I was going to give you a gift, but I waited until you gave me one, you kind of earned that gift. Yeah. We basically just exchanged value. Right. Right. I, I gave you something, you gave me something, or I expected something in return. Yeah. Right. That wouldn't be an undeserved gift. Or if you earned it by doing a lot of work or doing some special thing for me. And I, well, yeah, like I'm a gonna, Christmas bonus or. Yeah, that's exactly. That's not a gift. That's yeah. really, yeah. that's really something you earned. So a gift is something that's or given. Or you spend so much and then you get, what, a $20 gift certificate That's somewhere. right. Exactly right. You're still gift. spending that money. Yeah. Yeah. A free gift to you. It's like, well, is that really free? Well, just pay postage and handling. Right. You know, <laughs> there, there's a cost associated with it. Right. It's not truly free and undeserved. I, I, you don't deserve it. You didn't earn it. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Then there's also this concept that the gift is given out of love. It's given out of love and caring. So if you hate somebody and you give out of obligation... That's not really a gift. No. Right? And I think we all kind of, that's an easy one. We all yeah. kind of agree with that. Yeah. Because to a certain extent, a lot of us have gifts that we kind of have to give. And we think about that, you know. Yeah. And so maybe some way we reevaluate why we give that gift. And maybe we try to change the gift that we give yeah. to someone. And maybe that would be some medicinal, you know, in this But, uh, in but this also season. change, you know, how and why you're giving the gift. That's exactly really, right. Really look within yourself and. And uh, try to evaluate where you're going with it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. It's, it's, it's not, you know, Adventus is a time for change, you know. Yeah, you're right. We're preparing. So then there's also this concept that the final one I'd go over with is, is by definition, for it to be a gift, it has to be received. you got to open it up. Yeah, exactly. So here's, imagine, take a picture of this Christmas tree with a, with a thousand gifts beautifully wrapped underneath that Christmas tree. And then imagine you never opened them. They're all got Tom's name on them. <laughs> It's going to be a great Christmas for Tom if yeah. he would just open up those gifts. Yeah. But if you don't receive the gifts, if you don't accept the gifts. Then it's not a gift. It's not a gift. Yeah. Yeah. And that one seems kind of simple, but the reality is there's a lot of people that aren't accepting gifts that are given. So we look at this Christmas season. We, we realize that, you know, the Magi followed the star. Yeah. Right? What did they find? Bearing gifts. That's right. They were bearing gifts. What did they find beneath the star? The infant Jesus. That's exactly right. The greatest gift ever given. Yeah. They, f- they went, they found Jesus. And then also the, the angels, right? The angels that were in the heavens came to the shepherds, right? These shepherds looked up, saw these angels, and they're basically, you know, uh, glory to God in the highest. Yeah. Right? And, and announcing the birth of the Christ child. Yeah. So these shepherds go to see Jesus. They go to be with Jesus, right? Well, so we experience that in our own way. With our Christmas tree, with our star, or with our angel on top of that Christmas tree, and at the bottom of that Christmas tree are the gifts. Right. Right? So what we need to do is make that connection between the gifts that we give at Christmas to the greatest gift given to us. Right. And what I want to do when we come back is I want to talk about that greatest gift given to us and see if everyone listening can kind of figure out what that is. And it's it's not right just to say, it's Jesus. (laughs) But, you know, it's an aspect of... Of the Christ, and we want to talk about that. Before we do that, I want to remind folks at home we have a wonderful website, uh, www.thecatholiccafe.com. And I would like for you to email me at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bester Zimski, and this is another great moment in church history. In Rome, on August 15, 1989, 
John Paul II gave a special apostolic exhortation on the person and mission of St. Joseph in the life of Christ and of the Church. This special message was called Redemptoris Custos, or Guardian of the Redeemer. The late Holy Father wrote, In this way, the whole Christian people not only will turn to St. Joseph with great fervor and invoke his patronage with trust, but also will keep always before their eyes his humble, mature way of serving and of taking part in the plan of salvation. The late Pope focused especially on St. Joseph's main task while he was still on earth, protecting and providing for Jesus and the Blessed Mother. St. Joseph, as spouse of Mary and as Jesus' earthly father, places him at the heart of the salvation mystery. He is father to Jesus and father to the whole people of God. John Paul II quoted St. Augustine's writing on Joseph when he wrote, By reason of their faithful marriage, both of them deserved to be called Christ's parents, not only his mother, but also his father who was a parent in the same way that he was the mother's spouse, in mind, not in the flesh. John Paul exhorts all Christian fathers to follow St. Joseph's example by living Christ's love day in and day out. He said, The essence and role of the family are in the final analysis specified by love. Hence the family has the mission to guard, reveal, and communicate love, And this is the living reflection of, and real sharing in, God's love for humanity and the love of Christ the Lord for the Church, His Bride. According to John Paul II, St. Joseph truly fulfilled his mission through his fatherhood. He wrote, His fatherhood is expressed concretely in his having made his life a service, a sacrifice to the mystery of the Incarnation and to the redemptive mission connected with it in having used the legal authority which was his over the Holy Family in order to make a total gift of self, of his life and work. As St. Joseph was the guardian of the Redeemer, all fathers are called to be the guardians of their Christian families. The feast day of St. Joseph, husband of the Blessed Virgin Mary, is March 19th. I'm Bester Zimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And indeed, welcome back to the Catholic Cafe's luxurious corner booth. Good to and be back. Yeah, that's right. And Can't believe we made it. We're still talking about gifts. We are. And uh, by the way, I remind see that you me, got me one. Right, uh, remind me to give you my sizes because I want to make sure. I'd, last time that shirt was way too small. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been eating at the cafe for too long. You and did kind of look like a sausage in <laughs> yeah. it. That was funny. Anyway, moving on, back to gifts. Yes. We're, we're talking about the ultimate supreme gift, right? Jesus we're, Christ. That's exactly right. The gift given to us by our Heavenly Father because he loves us so much. He was right. freely given. And so we – but we want to understand the concept of how that idea of gift applies, right, to Jesus and, and to, to Christmas. Right. And this might sound weird. Nope. It might sound weird. Nothing sounds weird from you, man. Well, I do the best I can. But it mm-hmm. might sound a little strange, though, to, to say it this way. Uh-oh. But we're going to link something at Christmas time that normally you probably wouldn't link here. Okay. Right? So if we're looking at Jesus. Yes. And we see the incarnation, which is what we're talking about when we talk about Christmas. Right. right? God 
takes on flesh. Yes. He becomes one of us. He's like us in all ways except sin. Mm-hmm. God becomes human for us. He he loves us so much. He he becomes human, takes on flesh, mm-hmm. right? But it's not enough that the incarnation took place. The incarnation is kind of like our spiritual Christmas. It's, it's, it sets up really ultimately the greatest gift. Okay. And the greatest gift, it's the, it's the crucifixion. It's, 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 it's the paschal mystery. It's the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Right. Ah, so see, now we're going to link Christmas to the crucifixion. To the crucifixion. And see, this is something that you don't often do. Like, so if you're watching television and you're watching the Charlie Brown Christmas special or you're watching Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or Frosty the Snowman, any oh, of those, those great. you are not going to really hear about the crucifixion <laughs> in no, any of those programs. Not. In fact, your your children might start crying. You know, it's like, well, what is going on? You know, what happened to my Christmas? And the reality is this part of Christmas, the world might have twisted a bit. Okay. You know, kind of taken it out. But we need to revisit this idea of gift. And Christmas, and understand what that gift truly was. And what I would like to do is maybe focus on take our definition of the word gift that we just went through all these different points about gift, what a gift was, and apply them to the crucifixion. Okay. And I think you'll see that ultimately the crucifixion was the greatest gift we ever received. Yeah. Right. The, the well, really the the Paschal mystery, that suffering, right, death and resurrection of Jesus. So in the crucifixion, right, what's that first idea? Of what makes a true gift? It has value to the recipient, right? Yep. Is there a value? Check. To, right. Is there a value to the to the crucifixion? What was the value? What happened? What did we get out of that? Eternal salvation. That's exactly right. That's a pretty darn good gift. Pretty good. Yeah, it beats what, that tie what, what I gave you. There. Yeah, exactly. Beats that tie I gave you. Um, so <laughs> it does. It has value to the recipient. Yeah. And then I, and I love this connection. The second one. It has cost to the giver. The ultimate cost. Uh, that's exactly right. God gave His life. Yep. His very self for each one of us, completely yep. for us, yep. right? That's a cost, big cost. When's the last time that you gave a gift that cost you that much, right? We we're all in that category of we we can't do that, right? It's it's hard for us to give that gift, and we do have in history some gift givers, right? Martyrs who gave their very all. They did right for the church, mm-hmm. and 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 so that's it's a beautiful thing. They're connecting with that with that gift that Jesus gave, right? And then also, it's freely given. You know, God is all-powerful. Did God have to do what he did? No. He didn't. No. He chose to. Yeah. He ch- basically, Jesus chose to get on that cross. Yeah. Because he could have run. There's so many times in the Bible when Jesus could have turned tail and run and hid in the woods somewhere right. in a cave. Yeah. Right? And, you know, that would have been sad. Yeah. Right? The, the, the joy of Christmas is brought to us because of... The ultimate sacrifice Jesus would make. Yeah. Right? And so then also it's undeserved, right? Unearned. There is nothing that we as human beings, as as well as we were made by our loving creator. Can't do anything or say anything. We can't we can't earn right. that salvation. We yep. we can't make it happen. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't deserve it. In fact, we probably deserve the opposite. Yeah. All the things that we do. Right, that concupiscence, right. that that draw to to sin. Yep. Right. We always want to go the wrong way. Yep. Well, that doesn't really. That means we deserve something else than what we got. So, so it is undeserved or unearned. And of course, we know that uh, there's the Latin phrase, the first encyclical of of Pope Benedict the Sixteenth was Deus Caritas Est, God is love. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah, this gift of the crucifixion 
the Paschal mystery of Christ was given out of love. Mm-hmm. It was given because God loves us so incredibly much. In fact, what is the sign that we always see hung at sporting events? Oh, yeah, John 3.16. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believed in him should not perish but have eternal life. So this gift of eternal life was brought about because of God giving his son. Right. Right? That's done out of love. He loved the world so much that he gave his son. So, yeah, that gift is given out of love. Yeah. For sure. And, of course, by definition, the gift must be received. Now, this one's hard for Catholics sometimes. You know, our Protestant brothers and sisters, God love them, right? They know the deal when it comes to accepting the gift, right? Because, in fact, they even have that phrase. We've heard that phrase many times. If you accept the Lord, accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Right. Right? You accept. Like there's a moment in time in your life when you accept. Now, we as Catholics have a different perspective about that, about what happens at baptism. And that's really the opportunity for us to accept, even as an infant, right. the love of, of Jesus, the love of God right. right, in our lives. But throughout our lives, we have opportunities, we have times when we do need to accept right, Jesus. In fact, Jesus turns to his apostles and says, but who do you say that I am? Right. See, he gives them an opportunity to accept him yeah. for who he is. Yep. So we, as Catholics as Christians need to accept this gift that's given to us. Yeah. So if you look at the crucifixion, it fits all of those. It does. All of those categories to make something a true gift. It does. And so, really, where that might be kind of weird, might be strange or different than what we're used to, but you see, it's really quite beautiful that we realize that Christmas is really all about the crucifixion, and we're not even at Easter time. We're not in Lent. We're not. We're not. We're not on Good Friday talking about this. We're at Christmas talking about this, mm-hmm. and see, that's a perspective that we don't often see. No, we don't. But you know, we can see it if we look at something else. Okay. If we look at the gifts, those gifts given by the three magi, mm-hmm. the three wise men, mm-hmm. the gifts that they gave the baby Jesus, right? The first gift was gold. We right. hear about that all the time. Gold, and that makes sense. The gold is, is is fit for a king. It's the best we have. It's the stuff we value the most. Right. Right. So there's great value in it. Right. And so um, it's it's beautiful and it's valuable. So we give that to the king of kings, the lord of lords. It makes sense. Perfect sense. Right. Speaking of sense, let's talk about frankincense. There you go. That's the second gift, wow. right? You're so good. frankincense is, is this tree sap, this dried resin that is used in modern churches all the time still as incense right so it's lit and it's burned and in this beautiful smoke mm-hmm. right leaves and leaves earth and, and heads heavenwards and mm-hmm. this represents our prayers right but when that gift is given to the infant Jesus it's a sign that they recognize that Jesus is high priest right Right, so we see the priesthood in this gift of frankincense. So we see that Jesus is King; He's Lord in the gift of gold, and in frankincense we see Jesus as the High Priest. Right, which is quite beautiful. But then there's this third gift, this troubling third gift. Yeah. But hopefully, if you see what we've been doing this show so far by linking Christmas and the crucifixion, right, the third gift makes sense. That's right. Well, guess what? This third gift makes sense too. It's myrrh. Right. 
right? The gift of myrrh. And, you know, what's so funny is myrrh is mentioned a couple times in the Bible. And when it is, what you find out is myrrh is a burial balm. Right. This is what they put all over Jesus' body, right? right? When, when in preparing for the tomb. Right. Okay, well, think about this. Now, if you went to a baby shower, right, and you... Bearing myrrh. Yeah, and you, you, you brought myrrh to the child, you'd get thrown out. You probably would. It's like, well, this is for your child, you know, when he dies. You know, that's just not going to be... Right? That's just going to... Yeah. It's going to freak the mother out, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And everyone's going to say, don't invite him back to the baby exactly. shower. Exactly. Right? He's gone. Although I haven't been to baby, many fact, baby showers. In fact, don't invite him back to anything. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> so this gift, though really points to something very pointed and important about Christmas. This gift shows that Jesus was born to die. Mm. Right? Think about that. So he's king of kings and lord of lords. He's high priest. And he's got a destiny in his earthly life to die for us. Right? So we are linking linking Christmas with the crucifixion. Underneath our tree are these gifts. And these gifts are to remind us of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if these gifts are given out of love, love if they're undeserved by the recipient, mm-hmm. if they have great value, right? if they're freely given and they, and they have cost to us mm-hmm. and they're received, what we're seeing is that we have this curious mixture of life and death. right? In death to ourselves right? and in Jesus' dying comes new life. Right, so when we truly give that gift, we're dying to ourselves, mm-hmm. and we're giving the gift of life to someone else. Mm-hmm. So it's important for us to give gifts at Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's important for us to remind ourselves of the greatest gift, which is Jesus giving His life for us, giving His all, giving completely everything that Jesus had for us, so mm-hmm. that we'd be reconciled to the Father for all eternity. Pretty cool, huh? Great stuff, man. All right. So when you buy those gifts for me, Tom, (laughs) think how important that is. I'm going to die to myself. (laughs) You are. You're a beautiful man. (laughs) That was great. All right. Let's let's close in prayer. All right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. We thank you, Lord, for all the gifts you have given us, especially the supreme gift of your Son, sent to reconcile us to you forever. Help us to welcome him when he comes, to prepare our hearts for his just judgment. We ask this. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. For more information, visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You'll find many links to Catholic resources on the web. You can also listen to previous shows online, download MP3s, or take advantage of our podcast feature. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.